Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Three mistakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Falcoholic Podcast listeners, welcome to another episode of the Falcoholic Live. This is your host, Kevin Knight, reminding you to check out the show live on YouTube on Wednesday nights at 8.10 p.m. Eastern. We also encourage you to check out our Patreon page where you can unlock exclusive perks, including access to a patron Q&A session where we take Falcons questions for about 30 minutes to an hour. That's a lot of fun. You can find that page at patreon.com slash Falcoholic Live. Thank you all for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to an impromptu episode of the Falcoholic Live. Today's topic, talking about today's blockbuster NFL trades, the 49ers and Dolphins jumping up and down respectively, Guys, welcome to the Falcoholic Live. Uh, as you can see, we're off to a bang up start. I know you guys got that, you know, little little Eric cameo at the beginning. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, but also <laughs> with us today, other than Eric Robinson, who is at underscore Eric Robinson on Twitter, is as you can see, Gina Thomas at Gina Thomas. Gina, how are you doing? I am doing great. Thanks so much for letting me hop on today. Absolutely. Well, anytime we can get Gina on here is is a special occasion. You know, Gina's. <laughs> You know, very busy in the evenings. So, you know, when we have the rare chance for an afternoon show, it's a, it's a great opportunity. So thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks. Also with us today, Will McFadden at Will McFadden on Twitter. Will, how are you this afternoon? I'm good, man. Frankly, I'm blown away at how uh, easy it was for all of us to get our names and our, and our Twitter <laughs> handles. We must have been using the platform pretty early on, so... You know, yeah, it's yeah. showing by all of us. Make all it easy this, for people yeah. to remember. Exactly. And very easy to remember handles here. And we're going to keep that streak going with Evan Birchfield, who is the Evan Birchfield on Twitter. Uh, Evan, how are you this afternoon? I'm great. Stuff happened, so I'm excited. Yes, things have <laughs> happened. Moves have been made. It's very exciting stuff, guys. Uh, so yeah, let's let's jump right into it. You guys already know who I am. I'm Kevin Knight. I felt called Kevin on Twitter, in case you forgot. But yes. Major moves today. Uh, very exciting stuff. I don't know that any of us was really expecting to find out who would be trading up to three. Uh, it was basically an open question at this point. The Dolphins had kind of made it very obvious that they wanted to get out of three. And if the, the Falcons were making it obvious that they were interested in a quarterback, or at least appearing to make that obvious. So we now know the 49ers were the ones to make that aggressive move. Then the Dolphins subsequently made another aggressive move, trading back into the top 10 to six with the Eagles. So we've got a whole new top 10 now. Let me go to Will first because he looks ready to go. Will, just an instant react. We got There's a lot to talk about. Just an instant reaction to this crazy news today. I mean, it on the one hand now makes the Falcons pick, I think a little bit more valuable because if, 
if the expectation, and it should be because the last time, the last five times that a team has moved up to number three, they've taken a quarterback. So that's not a move that you make, especially in a draft such as this year, where it's clear that the quarterbacks are kind of the the top tier uh, representation of this class in the first round. So you're not making this move to go up and get uh, Kyle Pitts. At least I don't think that that you know is feasibly either. They felt they needed to for some reason and that he's worth it. And and maybe they did, but I think it's quarterback. And I think that that it might make the choice easier for Atlanta. It's going to be either you like the guy that's on the board enough to take him or you don't. And now you, you sell it out to the highest bidder um, or you go in another direction. But yeah, it, it definitely impacts what Atlanta will do there at four, because I think it's clear now that you're probably getting three quarterbacks off the board in the first three picks. Yeah, yeah, I think that is almost a certainty now. Gina, I'll go to you next as our special guest. What are what's your thoughts on that San Francisco trade up to three and its implications for Atlanta? <clears throat> well, as far as the Niners aspect of it, um, you know, they've said that they want to keep Garoppolo. Garoppolo does have a no trade clause, so he would have some control there over where he would land but i don't really see them making that move unless kyle shanahan has decided that he wants a quarterback that high um those top guys in this draft class there's you know i I mean it's a very strong quarterback draft class at least with those top guys so i really think that's what's going to happen which means i think that we could see jimmy garoppolo traded back to the patriots at some point um so yeah i I think that it's going to get really interesting in san francisco but as far as the falcons i think that it does really open things up for them to do whatever they want whatever whatever they think they can do with the fourth round pick that's going to have the most impact for this team they can do it if that's trading back and gathering picks to get some more depth and to fill some other needs at heaven knows they still have plenty of those to fill. So I think that that could be a good outcome or sticking at four and taking somebody like Pitts, who I think with San Francisco moving up should be there. Um, I can see that being a good move too. So I like that the decisions of the Dolphins and the Niners and um, also I guess the Eagles in a roundabout right, way. Right. Yeah, have uh, have made things just a little bit. They, it it just gives Terry Fontenot and everybody with the Falcons a little bit more flexibility at number four. And I think that with as many needs as this team has, I think that that's a good position to be in going into the draft. Yeah, because for the Falcons, we're not gonna. We don't necessarily know who the 49ers are targeting at three. Whoever it is, they don't. I assume they believe is going to get past the Jets. Uh, I think it's kind of an open secret that the Jets want Zach Wilson. He just makes too much sense for them for a variety of reasons, some of which, you know, we've only talked about in the Falcoholic chat. But, um, you know, <laughs> I, I think Zach Wilson is going to. So the question then becomes, you know, do the 49ers want Justin Fields or Trey Lance? And that is a big question because the, we also don't know which of those two quarterbacks the Falcons have their eye on. Um, so, Eric, I'll go to you first on this one. Do you think this affects the Falcons' quarterback choice at four, or do you think the Falcons are basically expecting to to get their guy still, whoever that guy may be? I I honestly feel that at this point they'll just take whoever lands at four. Um, and and from the picture that you guys painted, it looks like it's going to be either Lance or Fields. And based on their skill sets, there are a lot of similarities between the two. So. If the Falcons feel strongly about Trey Lance, I'm pretty sure they feel quite well about Justin Fields as well. Um, so 
Um, and, and going back, looking at the Niners trade, <clears throat> of course, you know, you're looking at their quarterback pitcher and, and, you know, you're pretty much putting two and two together and saying, hey, they're coming up for a quarterback. But if you look at the picks that they sent originally, you don't you don't send those type of picks unless you're coming mm-hmm. up for likely a signal caller. I mean, they yeah, sent yeah. A 2022 first and a 2023 first. So it was quite obvious that they're coming up for a quarterback. It's just depending on who. Um, I don't you guys may be able to test for this, but I don't recall hearing their contingent at the uh, pro day for Trey Lance. I'm not sure if that was the case. San Francisco. Um, yeah. I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, so I don't, it, it's kind of hard to tell right now who is going to be the, the choice between the two. <clears throat> there is a rumor that there's is possibly Mac Jones. <laughs> I don't believe you. You know, insert Anchorman gif here. I don't believe you. Yeah. yeah I, I, could you imagine? Could you imagine? That would be spending, wild. Spending two firsts, two additional firsts for Mac Jones. For Mac Jones. That would be the – yeah, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. What? <laughs> Let's I just say so. that. Yeah, I mean, that would be very spicy. They're not growing. No, um, no. I think a lot of the leverage is, is – in the Falcons' favor right now, too, man. Um, you know they can they can pretty much call whatever shot they want as far as trade values go. Um, so we'll we'll see. But I I I really I felt strongly after the trade that uh, like you know I'm pretty sure Fontenot was getting a lot of texts and phone calls. <laughs> yeah, this, his phone's the, blowing up like Evan Birchfield's yeah, phone the ball uh, right is now. In, <laughs> the ball is in their court at this point. Yep. Yeah. And speaking of Evan Birchfield, I did want to get Evan's take on this as well. Evan, I know we, we've talked about quite a bit of it, but I mean, in your mind, do you think that the 49ers, I, I do, I have clarified based on reports, the 49ers, as far as I can tell, were not at Trey Lance's pro day. Uh, they were at uh, Zach Wilson's and I don't think Justin Fields has actually had his pro day yet, but um that doesn't do you, mean anything. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. But it doesn't. But it's just one those, data point of like three thousand right. that we can consider. But um, right. yeah, Evan, do you do you have any particular player in mind that you think the 49ers are targeting? Is it Mac Jones? As uh, we, we've you know <laughs> posited on this show. <laughs> I hope so. I think it'd be funny, but that'd be um, very spicy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I find it interesting. I know Will saw it, but Adam Schefter tweeted out you know a little while ago that the 49ers apparently talked with the Dolphins and Falcons and Bengals about moving up. Um, didn't talk to the Jets because I guess the Jets are pretty much locked in to probably Wilson. Um, so the Falcons are in like, I mean, it's a tremendous spot because if their guy's there at four, like you just take him. But if he's not, especially right now, we're still a month out. Um, I don't think teams probably get as desperate until right, you know, draft week. When they know, like, oh, crap, we got to do something because, you know, the board changes a lot. Um, but if they're on the clock and it's like, oh, crap, <laughs> like, let's move up, you're probably going to get more then than you would right now, I would imagine, um, just because out of desperation. And who knows how high Mac Jones is going to go. But, I mean, I don't – that would be – people would be talking about that for a while. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, honestly, that would work out well for the Falcons because then all of a sudden – you probably do get to decide between, you know, taking uh, the two quarterbacks, you know, you're not getting, you can go ahead and mark Lawrence off. Um, you're not getting him. 
uh, <laughs> you, yeah. I mean, Justin, are you sure? I asked a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, unless something unless something happens. Uh, Wilson right. sounds like a locket too, just from everything being said. But you know, it could be a smoke. Um, but then, you know, if for some reason Fields was there and then Lance was there, I mean, that's a decision. But at the same time, it's a good decision that you you'll be able to make. But if it does go what it kind of seems like, where 49ers move up to three to take possibly Fields. Um, if the Falcons don't love Lance, some other team's going to because they're going to be desperate, um, and then that's when you collect the ransom. So, well, yeah. I want to I want to piggyback uh, off of that, Evan, because I saw you know obviously I saw that Schefter tweet, but I also saw one from earlier, and I think you can read between the lines a little bit with both Schefter tweets. And the first one basically was that the 49ers said they weren't moving up with one quarterback in mind; that they just felt at three they would have options. To me, that kind of indicates that maybe around the league, they do view this as a four quarterback top tier. And that really what kind of to Eric's point, like, is there a huge drop off between Trey Lance and and Justin Fields? You know, each has their pros and cons, but their pros are pretty high and their cons are things that people think they can kind of work with, especially if you give, you know, them a year like the Falcons or the 49ers could do. Then the other tweet where they looked at, you know, the Bengals, the Falcons and the Dolphins it may have been that they were getting word that no Atlanta is going to take one of those quarterbacks and they just wanted to be able to make the decision between Fields and Lance. And so that's why they felt they had to go up to three. But the fact that they were at least looking at four and five tells me they may like four or five quarterbacks in this, in this class to truly be top five picks. So that that's kind of was my thought process when I saw that first tweet and that second tweet is, you know, we may be choosing the fourth quarterback if, it, if that's what Atlanta chooses to do, but they may not view it like it's the fourth quarterback or that it would be the the one or the two in most years. So I don't know that that that's all stuff I think is important to probably keep in mind as well. That's that's something I, I thought about as well. Like, you know, the Niners had to have some type of gauge as far as who's going where at this point to make a move like this so far out. And, and I felt that they kind of had an idea as far as what direction the Falcons would go because it seems from the surface that they're hopping the Falcons. Mm-hmm. That's what it seems like to mm-hmm. me. And, and to piggyback off what you're saying, Will, they, I guess, league-wide, everyone feels comfortable league-wide, that is probably going to be four quarterbacks in the first four or five picks. So the Niners sitting at 12, they're saying, hey, man, we need to make a move. We make, need to make a move now because – you're also looking at Carolina. Mm-hmm. Carolina was in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. It doesn't look like it's going in that direction right now. So the Niners are like, well, we got to hop them. You see how aggressive the Broncos have been this offseason. Um, and, you know, the Niners are, are, you know, trying to pull the trigger on that. I, I honestly, right now, I feel bad if I'm, if, I feel bad for Panthers owner David Tepper right now. <laughs> I, I don't, but I get where you're coming from. Right, right. Yeah, I think I can't remember who I tweeted it out, but it was like, you know, to the lose. I think it was Tampa Bay Trey, uh, Trevor Sycamore. He was like, loser of today's trade, you know, Carolina Panthers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely they are. Because yeah. if he, it looked like he may not be able to get Watson, it also looks like he may not be able to get a, a top quarterback in this draft because I don't think Fontenot is that. I mean, we should talk about it. Like, how ridiculous does the offer have to be from Carolina for the Falcons to consider it? Like, it has even, to be really ridiculous, I don't know right? If I would consider it. I honestly do not. I don't. Even if they were offering two or three first-round picks, I don't know if I would consider it. 
I think I, I think actually after today, you're maybe less likely to do it because you're already <laughs> now getting one of these young quarterbacks in the NFC that wasn't right. the case 24 hours ago. Right. To yeah. then give a second quarterback, unless you don't like this quarterback class, but that would be kind of news, to then give a second rookie quarterback in the division, right? that would be pretty tough to do. I don't know if you now pull pull the trigger on a trade with Carolina unless it is like an absolute godfather offer. And I don't think that's really going to be on the table. No. Uh, right. Because then so. it's like, does Carolina want to give that to Atlanta either? Like, so yeah, right. probably not, but it is. And fun. you can force them to take Mac Jones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the 49ers are taking Mac Jones. Come on. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess Gene, I'll go to you with this next question and it's basic. It's pretty simple. Like, do you think, that these trades obviously the one later probably doesn't but does the 49ers trade to three does that really change things for the falcons do you think that really changes their their strategy going into this not necessarily i just think that it probably opens up their options a little bit at four um and i think that if they're not going to be able to land the quarterback that they want at that spot like i said they can go best player available to fill a need or like even a future need um or they can trade back and get more picks. So I think if anything, it it just created more flexibility for the Falcons, which is definitely a good thing, especially going into the first draft with Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot. Yeah, yeah, I agree because they were not interested in trading up. I, mm-hmm. I seriously doubt they were interested in trading up. And, and like we said, I think it was basically just assumed that the Dolphins would be trading out of three. So they're probably shaping their offseason around the assumption that quarterbacks were going to go one, two, three. That's how I've been shaping it. Every time I get a mock draft where quarterbacks don't go one, two, three, I just restart it because I know quarterbacks are going to go one, two, three. So it's, I think, very unlikely that this really messes with their plans too much. Um, but their plans, as far as we know, ha- I, we have no idea. I mean, I don't know if they were hoping that Justin Fields would fall. If I don't know if they've had Trey Lance circled all along. I think if they're smart, they probably have been circling Trey Lance because I think he was always the most likely of the four to be there. Um, but we should also consider, yeah, Eric, did you have something? Go ahead. I have a question, actually. That yeah, I, yeah. I would, you know, input from from all you guys. So. Let's just say the rumor is true that the, that the 49ers reached out to Fontenot and the Falcons and the trade package that they sent to Miami was offered to the Falcons. You know, reading between the lines, it looks like the Falcons thought that that wasn't enough. What does that tell you guys going forward that, hey, Fontenot is probably looking for a bounty of picks or... Maybe he's looking for more 2021 compensation. He's probably not looking for a 2023 first rounder. Like, What, what does that tell you guys with, with that? I, I think for me, at least, like it probably means that they are making teams make them move out of the fourth spot as opposed to just kind of jumping at, a, at an offer, a, a pretty decent offer to get picks because we also don't know if it went down this way. If basically they offered the Falcons something close to that Dolphins package, Mm-hmm. and offered that to the Dolphins. Both teams came back and said, you know, we need a little bit more. And they just went to the Dolphins first because why not go to three with kind of what you're willing to give up yeah. mm-hmm. as opposed to four. So the Dolphins yeah. may have just kind of got that offer first. Mm-hmm. They said yes, which allowed them to jump the Falcons for just maybe what the Falcons were going to ask for as well. Mm-hmm. So 
I mean, it could have gone down like that. That's sometimes how these, it's just whoever gets back first sometimes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know if that means anything for necessarily the Falcons that they turn down this offer because they have exposit. I think, I think they are going to have a benchmark for an offer that they will accept mm-hmm. and probably stick to that, to that line because they don't need to move out of four. Yeah. I also think that the Niners were probably more willing to give up more to an AFC team where it's not mm. likely to really impact them the same way that it would with an end conference team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you you believe that the, the trade package might have been a little scaled back with the Niners compared to, to the Dolphins. It probably was a swap of first and maybe a 2022 first, mm-hmm. and maybe a later round pick. And then for the Dolphins, the 2023 first was the kicker. Like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll take that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess to me, the first trade domino to fall was always going to be the Dolphins. Like who the Dolphins decided to trade down with was always going to be the first move. Because I don't, I don't think any team is just trading to four with the Dolphins still setting at three because I don't think you make a trade up without having a specific player in mind. And but did, you, but did you expect the Niners to be the first move, the first team to to make a hop like this? I expected it to be the Panthers because now the Panthers are in a really bad spot because Atlanta's not going to be willing to trade with them for short of like a comically large offer that is not realistic. Um so they're kind of SOL, right? Like they don't really have a trade partner unless the Falcons either aren't planning to take a quarterback or the Fal- you know, or the Falcons trade out to somebody else who doesn't take a quarterback for some reason. Like, I mean, I guess it's not up to the Falcons to make somebody take a quarterback at four, but, um, <laughs> you know, if somebody wants to trade up for Kyle Pitts and give the Falcons a bounty, I guess that's fine too. But like, you know, I, I doubt it. Um, so I, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know if we're also... Should we be totally discounting New York out of this entire situation? No, no, no. no. I mean, because I think if you're the Panthers, you make a godfather offer to New York because yeah. and, and you take Zach Wilson. I mean, I think Tepper has made it very clear. He wants a young quarterback to build around in that. I think he would be willing to part with some key players yeah. in addition to some draft picks to send to New York if, if New York would be willing to listen and go with Sam Darnold for a year. So I don't think we should take that off the, off the right, team. Right, right. I mean, they, you have to look at their the makeup of their team. They technically, they have a quarterback that they can build around right now. They have a young guy. It, it depends on, you know, how, how much faith they truly have in Darnold. But they're also a team right now. I mean, they've been aggressive this offseason in free agency. You Do we really think that they're going to turn down a, a bounty of picks to add to what already the momentum that they built this offseason? So, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I – I mean, I know Wilson is probably the guy right now, but I wouldn't discount it if, if Tepper, you know, called Joe Douglas and say, "Hey, let me, I'm sending everything." Yeah, I, it's I, on I, the table. Like I, I do agree that that is something that's on the table. That's who they would have to call if, like, they wanted to make a trade at this point for one of those top four guys. So, um, what's up? Yeah, I see the TV going in the background. That's it. <laughs> We've got some some yeah, rearranging going and, on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're going to go watch TV outside. But um, also, apologies to anybody who just heard my husband yell, shut it at my dogs. But it has been that kind of a day. Yeah, <laughs> It was yeah. totally warranted. 
totally warranted. I understand that for sure. Um, <laughs> so I do want to get a tip here because it's it's relevant to our actual discussion. Uh, we got Srikar Durgam uh, with a $5 donation. Thank you, brother. We appreciate your support. Uh, so he's asking, hypothetically, if the Broncos, Lions, somebody else in that range were to make this same trade offer to the Falcons, should they take it? By the way, hi, Gina. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So whoever wants to take a swing at that one first is as well. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com with over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day. Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Offer the same package? Yeah, the same or similar package as as what? I'll be honest. I don't, I don't, that wouldn't entice me. Because I want, I need more. Because the Dolphins only got an extra twenty twenty one pick. I think they got they swapped the first, and then they got what like a third. Didn't they get a twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three first? I'm saying, I'll come up for this year. For, for oh this. yeah, they didn't get much for this year, but those future yeah. firsts are the meat of that deal. I'm yeah. I'm with Eric. You need more for for twenty twenty one. Yeah, I'm I'm not waiting for twenty twenty three to cash in these you know these chips that you're giving me. I I want more. Yeah. So. But that's just the Falcons specific situation. Yeah. So that's what, you know, if you're if you're offered the same deal, no, I think that's off table, but I don't think teams would maybe offer Atlanta the the same deal. And that right. could have been the breakdown in the trade talk right there as well. Fontenot may have said, "Guys, we we don't need the 2023 first round pick. We need another we need a 2021 second rounder." Right. You know, like right. it, that and they may have just been we can't get that to you. So. Yeah, yeah, and that's where the Eagles come back in. Maybe it was a three-way conversation where it's like, "Here's what this team wants to do. Will you work with that?" Like, it, it's probably a lot more complicated. But yeah, I, they, I'm with Eric. I think we need more for for this look, year. Looking at the Niners and their draft picks, I, because you know I do the draft uh, draft simulators all the time. But I think the Niners only have they had a first, a second, a third, and I think they had like three fifths or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they might have been kind of stingy as far as how much they wanted to give up this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Falcons are probably like, hey, I want I want your first, second, and third. Yeah. And you're the Niners, so you're probably like, I don't I mean I don't have much to right. give. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. yeah. I agree. Um, I think the Falcons are really looking for multiple day two picks this year. Uh, because yeah. that is the meat of this draft class. You know, my mock draft that I ran on Thursday, it's, you know, picked up two thirds. So you're turning out of the top ten. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm the Falcons and I know you want a quarterback and I got to go outside of the top 10, I want more than just a third this year. You got to. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think the starting point for any trade outside the top 10 is, you know, a future first and a day two pick this year. I think that's the starting point. So, um, you know, obviously the, the Patriots could make that sort of deal work. The Patriots have quite a few day two picks. Um, they're probably the most likely option. Maybe you could say that the Broncos are also in play. Um, but yeah, those are the teams you're probably looking at as the ones most likely to try to jump up and and make a deal. Um, not sure if they'll be able to meet Atlanta's demands, but it's not like Atlanta's just demanding this money, uh, like demanding this, this compensation. And like, if, 
And, and if they stay at four, they're going to be like pissed off. Like, oh, dang, we failed. Like, I think Atlanta's legitimately interested <laughs> in someone at four. So it's kind of like we can play hardball with these teams and really drive up the price because we're fine staying at four. And, you know, if you're a good ne- negotiator and you can really make a team believe that, it does drive the price up because you're like, look, I'm fine staying here. You need to convince me to leave is a lot better than like, I want to get out. So like, let's make a deal happen. So, um, we're kind of in that situation. I feel where they're probably satisfied with Lance. And if for some reason, Lance wasn't there, uh, they're probably fine with Pitts too. You know, we've talked about him mm-hmm. a lot and I Sewell, obviously like they're going to have their choice of one of these top prospects, either a top, you know, weapon, a top offensive lineman or a quarterback they think is the future. So that, that's a pretty great situation to be in. If you can't collect a King's ransom for four. Um, all right. So we got another donation, uh, $1 from show. You're right. Thank you for your support, man. We appreciate you. Um, he believes that whoever the 49ers wanted has already had his pro day. They made the deal while watching Wilson. Uh, they and the Jets. So he thinks it's probably uh, Lance or uh, I think he means uh, Mac Jones. Yeah, probably Lance or Mac Jones is who they want. I still think Atlanta picks Panay Sula or Pitts and hope they trade for Darnold or a second round quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you know, let's hype up the Mac Woods to, for the 49ers because uh, the, Mac, the Mac Jones to the 49ers because if we hype it enough, maybe it'll actually happen. But that's not, that's not real. That yeah. can't be real. No, I mean, that can't be real. Don't I heard John, John Lynch was blown away by his leadership at the Senior Bowl. Just, yeah. It's what yeah, I, just it's putting what that I out there. Put it out into the universe. And his 40 time, right? Yeah. yeah it's, right. It, but it's the intangibles. You know, that's, yeah. that's what Kyle's big on the intangibles. Big he intangibles is. Guy. He is. Yeah, no, I mean, don't put too much stock into the pro days. Who's at which pro day? It doesn't matter. Like, they're going to go off their tape. They're not going to go off how well Justin... If it's Justin Fields, they're not going to go off of how well he throws at his pro day. Like, that's not going to move the needle for them at all. Um so, you know, don't get too caught up on that. Um, I do. I, that does remind me of Charles tweet from last year, uh, Charles McDonald, where he's like, oh, look, I'm here at my pro day. I just ran a four three there. There's scouts in the background that have you know signed off on this. They're just out of frame, you know. So that's that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about the pro days this year. Everyone's running a four three nine. But um, yeah, that that's kind of where we're at. Uh, it's. I, I don't I think it is going to be fields, but it could be someone else. We'll see. Uh, and we'll see what happens at two as well. Um, when is Ohio State's pro day? Soon. Um, I can't remember. I don't know. I think it's like a week from now, maybe two weeks, but it, it's soon. Um, all the pro days are kind of wrapping up in the next couple of weeks, I think. So um, somewhat soon. Um, let's see. All right. We got another uh, $10 donation from Gary oh, Stafford. Oh, sorry. Uh, oh I was yeah. Say it's yeah, March yeah. 30th. That's Max Radio. Okay, thank you very much for that, Evan. Now, Evan, our data man in the back. Thank yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Quick Google. Yes. Yeah. Let me get Gary Stafford's donation in here. Longtime viewer, thank you, Gary, for your support. He says, "I think we should trade back for more picks now, and then possibly use two future firsts to trade up for a quarterback in twenty-two or twenty-three. That way, we can win now. Possibly get that quarterback later. That's not the worst strategy, Gary. I mean." It really just like it, you're taking a risk because you don't know what it's going to take to get up and you don't know who the top quarterbacks are, if they're going to fit what you because it, it's kind of like a you know bird in the hand versus two birds in the bush type of situation, right? Like you don't if you have Trey Lance in hand at four, he's worth more to you because you know he's there and you know what you've got than potentially getting someone else in the future that you don't know who it's going to be or how much it's going to cost. But 
I could see that scenario if they are planning to maybe commit to Matt Ryan throughout the length of his remaining contract. Kevin, yeah, I'm going to push back uh, on that a little bit because (laughs) to me it's like why – so the picks that you're netting for the number four pick and moving back, you're then going to probably give up even more value next year to move up to get a guy in a class that's not considered even half as good as this one. When you're there at four, you don't have to give up anything to get your quarterback of the future. You don't have no picks, nothing, no no first rounders. Like that's your thing. And then, and then go from there. I I don't, I don't necessarily understand the picks that you're getting back. You're giving up even more value to go get a quarterback in the future. And that's, and it's so to me, it's bold to sit here and just assume that these guys are going to declare. I mean, they, they haven't even, said that they're going to enter the draft yet. I mean, I'm, I'm sure we mm-hmm. assume, but what if they don't? What if Sam Howell doesn't? What if Sam Howell comes back and he wants a senior year? What if what if Rattler gets hurt and he wants to come back? Like, you, mm-hmm. that's too much of a risk to take in my opinion. And what if, what if there's only, like, one or two worthy quarterbacks at the top? Like, you're right. not going to trade to the number one pick for a quarterback that in this year's draft might be uh, late first rounder, but because quarterbacks are, you know, so hyped up, might be a top five pick because of what the options are. Yeah. 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 Just, just because Trey Lance is listed as the fourth best quarterback in this draft <laughs> does not mean that he is not a good quarterback. And I think that that's people get wrapped up in that a little bit where it's like, mm-hmm. well, do we want to have the fourth quarterback off the board? And it's like, you know, who was fourth? Like Lamar Jackson was fourth off the board. Right, he won right. the MVP award. Like this stuff, <laughs> this stuff gets mixed up all the time with them going out of order. It's just a scouting and evaluation thing. Some teams like thing certain things better. Some teams don't. But, but Trey Lance has is right there with Justin Fields, and I think they're right there just below Zach Wilson. So they're all really good quarterbacks. But what's yeah. unique, especially this year, the QB four is probably what a top eight player overall in this class. Right. Yeah. There's four quarterbacks in the top 10 in terms of total grades. Yeah. So it's kind of wild. And that's why I do appreciate, you know, sites like the draft network, for instance, like they do a numeric grading scale. So you can go back and look at the quarterback class in 2019 and 2018, you know, since they've started 2020 and, and actually look and compare these prospects in an, in a numeric grade level to see who the QB four was in 2019 versus how Trey Lance is now. And and that grade is how you determine where they're worth drafting, not something arbitrary like they're the fourth quarterback. Because, you know, you could have a draft class where there's like five elite offensive tackles and you take the fifth one by the end of the top 10 and it's he's, you know, a pro bowler for you. Just because he's the fifth offensive tackle doesn't mean that he's not worth a top 10 pick. It just, you know, don't get too wrapped up in those kind of arbitrary distinctions of like, oh, well, he's not number one, so therefore we can't take him. Um, you know, should they take the number one punter just because he's the number one punter in the top 10? You know, like that, that's, that's where that logic will lead you eventually if, if you don't put that in check a little bit. So, um, but speaking of number one players, you know, Kyle Pitts, I know George, I don't think George is here. He's probably driving, but I know George <laughs> would want us to mention Kyle Pitts. So, uh, you know, should we have that conversation? Like is, is Kyle Pitts, you know, in play at four still? You know, I, I just realized my, my last hope was crushed today. I, I just not realized. <laughs> I was hoping, I was keeping my fingers crossed that Miami says, you know what? <laughs> we got two first rounders. Let's take Pitts at three. Let's just go ahead and do it. I was I was hoping for that. But now they could get him at six. They could. Yeah. 
Now that dream is dead because now Falcon fans are going, oh, he's there at four. Let's yep. go. Yeah, that draft night show is going to be great. George is just going to be like, you know, making it rain. Just like, oh, Pitts is still there at four. Here we go. Here we go. And like, you know, <laughs> we're going to have to talk about it. But uh, yeah. And then that, if they do, you'll have to talk about it on the show for the next yep. decade probably. Yep. And, and we'll have to give, you know, George his props for calling it since like literally still the season was going on. So uh, that'll be fun. You know, we'll, we'll enjoy it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think we've kind of come to a consensus that the trades don't necessarily throw the Falcons off too much. We haven't really discussed, I guess the dolphins one that much. Um, you know, there, someone tweeted at me, you know, what do you think about the potential of the dolphins now armed with extra picks? And at six, you know, do they, do they, want to make some sort of other trade? Did they want to move up now to get another quarterback? Do the Eagles now want to move up back into back to four now that they have extra picks, you know, to get their quarterback? Like well, any of these crazy scenarios sound good to you guys. Why would you trade down and only to trade back up? Yeah, no. Isn't that no, what the we, Dolphins just did? No, no, yeah, no. I know, I know. I'm just messing with you. Trade down from three only to trade back up into the top four. Like, that doesn't make any sense. You could have just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's more like the Eagles, three. I guess. Yeah, because they would pull some yeah. sort of Dolphins-esque move, yeah. They they went to yeah. six for the same reason why, like, I don't think the Falcons move outside of the top 15 is, like, you, you still want to get one of these elite guys. Yeah. And at six, right. they can still get Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase, you know, Penny Sewell. Like, they'll get one of those guys at six. Right. But at 12... You know, maybe you're sitting there being like, oh, the last guy just, you know, Rashawn right. Slater just got picked. There's yeah. not really anybody else we feel great about here. So this to me just ensures them that they're going to get one of their guys that they want and they can help get help everywhere. That's why I think the Falcons don't look probably outside of a certain range because mm-hmm. then it almost feels like you punted on the opportunity to really land an elite guy for the sake of adding more guys. And I, and I think with the Dolphins, I think they're valuing one of those receivers yeah. in order for them to climb yeah. back up from 12 to 6. I, I think that's, yeah. that's pretty much the writing on the wall with that. They felt that high. But essentially, they were only – they traded down three spots, got an extra first in 2023, and then got a third, um, which is, I guess for them, that's decent comp- compensation. I, I I would look at it like, hey, man, that's, I, I don't think that's enough. But still, that's that's what they wanted. But I, yeah. I think that's it's- the bargaining at this point. And I think it's worth mentioning that that third overall pick that they traded to the Niners, they had actually gotten from the Texans. Right. Yeah. So the Dolphins are still holding on to their their own draft pick at 18. Yep. And so, yeah, um, I mean, they do then have the flexibility to make some more moves, I think, with mm-hmm. that one if they wanted to. But, yeah, they're in a really good position, I think, at six and with another pick later in the first round. What, what did you all think about the – uh eagles like how they came out of this because they had you know the sixth pick and then all of a sudden now they're at 12 and um i think people forget that miami's pick at three wasn't because they sucked like that was the houston texans yeah so if you're banking on oh well because i think they got um correct me if i'm wrong i think they got uh, the eagles come away with miami's first next year and miami's not a terrible team like if they're You know, that could be like a late first round pick mm-hmm. and they basically move back six spots. I, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was smart mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. given, you know, the amount of attrition that they saw this offseason. Um, you know, I, I thought it was smart for them to trade back and, and accumulate some picks. Now they have two first for next year. 
Um, they're sitting in a still decent spot at 12. I, I thought it was it was a good move for them. Um, yeah, they, they, I think they were playing with like house money. Like that yeah. wasn't even really a pick that was theirs that they then turned into an extra first round pick and only really dropped down three spots. And yeah. and like to Gina's point, they still have their own first round pick. So the Dolphins yeah. are, they're doing some really smart things. Yeah, or, they're stacked. Or, or Texans. They're just looking at Miami. <laughs> Who's taking taking their draft pick and just you know tossing it around like it's a frisbee or whatever? Yeah. Like, hey, bro, yeah, it's like that SpongeBob meme where it's Squidward looking out the window and it's like you yes. know it's like SpongeBob and Patrick like playing around outside and it's like you know everybody else in the draft and the Texans are like, ah, oh, hey, let's trade. Shit, yeah. <laughs> There's shit, you know. <laughs> so um, you know, I not that I you know I don't really have much sympathy for the Texans organization. I do have sympathy for the Texans fans. You folks don't deserve this. You, Texans fans mm-hmm. have always been nice, but uh, it's just it's wild out there uh, on these draft streets. Um, all right, so we've gone for 40 minutes. This was supposed to be a quick show, so I do want to give you guys an opportunity if you have any final notes you want to add uh, before we we close off today. Anything else you want to talk about with regards to these trades today? Uh, April 29th needs to get here. <laughs> I still got more draft takes to get off, Eric. It's it's too soon, but yes, I mean, you know, it could be yeah. like two weeks from now. It's probably good. Yeah, yeah. I actually need it to just wait until the 29th. I got a lot of work to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We can think, think about Gina and the amount of work she, <laughs> I'm sure, has to pull together. Yeah, 32 for... sites is very different than one. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've been, you know, preparing for the draft since week two of the 2020 season, so we've had plenty of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you but, guys have done excellent work with it, too. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Gina. We appreciate that. But, um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anybody else final takes before we we, clo- we uh, sign off for tonight? I, I don't think we should be overlooking the 49ers in all of this. Mm-hmm. I think they're they they've been down the past you know last, they've been like roller coastering a little bit because of injuries, but mm-hmm. there's still so much talent on this team, and it kind of reminds me of when they were when they grabbed Bosa at number two, even though they were pretty much a good team already. They were just like a piece or two away, and then injuries happened, and they mm-hmm. were kind of in this position. Like it, the 49ers find their guy they are going to be a very good team in the NFC. And I, I think that if there is kind of like a big picture takeaway that, that spells some problems, it's that, you know, not only do the Falcons have Tampa Bay in their division to worry about, but now they've got San Francisco that could have a good young quarterback for the future. I mean, like there's some power dynamics that are shifting in the NFC for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for sure. That is definitely something to monitor if they get the guy that they're really wanting out of this trade, which you'd think that they are pretty confident they're going to get based on the amount of compensation they gave up. All right. So on that note, speaking of Will McFadden and his excellent takes, he is at the very easy to remember Will McFadden on Twitter. Will, anything that you're working on, anything you want to plug? Uh, No, not really. I mean, uh, did write about why Kyle Pitts and tight end is still on the table for Atlanta uh, in this draft, not just Pitts, but a tight end period. Um, So Eric, please go brush up on, on all the Kyle Pitts. (laughs) conversation and, and check that one out um outside of that no you, you i may i may change my twitter uh name to excellent takes i really like that yeah that was good, good kevin mm-hmm. so that's where i'll be for the next five minutes all right sounds good <laughs> also with us gina thomas at gina thomas on twitter gina anything that you would like to plug um, sure. Yeah, definitely check out the most recent episode of the Falcoholic podcast where Kevin and DW and I and um, my French bulldog puppy joined <laughs> in a little bit uh, yes. talks about, 
you know, just some Falcon stuff, um, free agency moves and whatnot. And I'm working on pulling together SB Nation's 15th annual community mock draft. So I know Eric's going to be helping me with some of that analysis, some other people from around the network. So I'm very excited about that. So look for that. We're going to start releasing those sometime in the next couple of weeks. Um, so yeah, should be fun. Very cool. Very cool. Also with us, Evan Birchfield at very easy to remember at Evan Birchfield on Twitter. Evan, anything that you're working on, you'd like to plug? Um, yeah, it's not on the Falcolic yet, but stay tuned because I did an article on maybe the NFL will be getting rid of the one helmet rule finally. So we might be able to see the red helmets. Um, just reading tea leaves around the NFL and stuff, what people yeah. are saying, and it seems like it's happening sooner than later. Um, and spoiler, the Browns leaked jerseys, the, what the throwbacks are, they had white helmets in 1946. So it'll be, that could be a way the NFL kind of says, Hey, the helmet rules done. Yeah. Well, definitely have to check that out folks for sure. Any like surprise guest cameos you want to announce, Evan, anything you've been working oh, on? Oh, next you know, week over we have the- Josh Harris. Yeah, that's so. right. Yeah. Yeah. Josh Harris, we're working yeah. on some other folks. I didn't know if you know you'd you'd uh, gotten a hold of Matt Ryan's agent. Oh, I always talking. wait. You yeah. have to yeah. no, you have to <laughs> tune in next week on yeah. uh, on Wednesday's show to find out for the following week. So. Exactly. Yeah, got to keep you guys in suspense a little bit. Thank mm-hmm. you, Evan, for all of your hard work. There. <laughs> uh, finally, we have Eric Robinson. He's at underscore Eric underscore Robinson on Twitter. Eric, anything that you're working on, you'd like to let the people know about? Just plugging out scouting reports, man. Um, head to the Falcoholic site. I mean, that's the one sh- one stop shop for everything. Um, draft, free agency. Uh, from Evan's point of view, you know, fashion tips. Our fashion tips. <laughs> um, yeah, we got you, we got you covered, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Oh yeah, all of it. You know, if you can if you can imagine it, and it's at all relevant to the Falcons. It's probably on the falcoholic.com. So definitely check that out guys. Also, if you don't mind like, and subscribe, uh, this video and to the channel, we appreciate that. It helps, you know, the YouTube algorithms, uh, help us out. So we do appreciate that guys. You can check out the show on Twitter at falcoholic live, and you can see our, uh, show Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash falcoholic live. You can get access to some exclusive perks, including a Falcons Q and a session. We're going to be doing here in the next couple weeks. Uh, uh, you get access to, you know, yours truly and some other fo- some other folks for a whole hour to just answer as many Falcons questions as you can come up with. A lot of fun, so check that out, folks. But I am Kevin Knight at Falcoholic. Kevin, like I said, I had a mock draft just a couple days ago. Um, had a, an explainer on the top 51 rule. Now that the Falcons are officially 51 players. So if you're interested in learning more about that, you can. And then on Monday, I will officially be having my first uh, free agent film review coming out for running back Mike Davis. I finished that today, so that'll be up on the channel on Monday. So look for that, folks. Uh, Until next time, guys, for everyone here at the Falcoholic, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Have a great night.